Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. All right, UFC 276 is going on right now. Great time to put in five bucks. You get $100 in free plays. If you're a new customer, it doesn't even matter who wins. All right, now joined by Jason Shear, the ultimate insider for Arizona Athletics. I'm merely Mike Luke, but I wanted to give, uh, wanted to have a quick little shout out here. Um, this, uh, this thing has really taken off here, and uh, basically this month, uh, so far I've shattered monthly download uh, numbers, and I can't thank you guys all enough. That means an absolute, that means the world to me. Um, I get people all the time that'll say, hey Mike, is it better to you know download or is it better to watch on YouTube? And I always say, well, you know, I'd prefer you watch both or listen to both, but that's not always, that's obviously not always the case, but you know, if you could only get one, the downloads are always very much appreciated because that's kind of what I go by right here. Okay. I, but real quick, I wanted to thank some people though, that have helped me get to this point. That guy right there is one of them, Mr. Jason Shear. He's, uh, he's been by my side for a long time, giving me inside information that I can sometimes masquerade as my own. Um, then, uh, obviously, Kevin Woodman, Rob Lance, they put me on at the radio station, um, and I give you, I give them big props for doing that, especially going against their immediate guy who didn't want me on there. And um, John Schuster, obviously another big-time uh, guy that I appreciate. And one other guy, uh, Herb uh, Max on the Kim Morning Show. Um, thanks for never uh, sparing any opportunity to make snide remarks to me to um, basically just be underhanded, leaving your door open, saying things you probably shouldn't have. You're appreciated there, Max. All right. Now, with Jason Shear, I am merely Mike Luke. All right. Shear, it's recruiting season. It's Arizona basketball. If you're not on the Wildcat Authority boards, you should be right now. What is the latest with Arizona basketball? Man, that's a loaded question, Mike. Mm -hmm. It is. 
Um, you know, right now, Tommy Lloyd's at the NBA Top 100 camp. Uh, they're watching a handful of guys there. It's a special recruiting period. You're allowed to go for the next few days, uh, and then it'll go quiet a little bit. But it, it's all about recruiting during the summer. Right. Okay. So now the big thing right here is Kwame Evans. That's who is taking up all of the uh, all of your message board time right now. Jules, if you're watching, settle down. It's okay. But Kwame Evans Jr., top five kid out of Florida. A lot of people don't understand how this recruitment has played out to this point and how Arizona actually got into it. So kind of explain how this worked behind the scenes. So basically someone from Kwame's camp called Tommy Lloyd and said, I think you need to recruit this kid. And like we've mentioned before, Arizona doesn't recruit kids for the fun of it or, you know, that they know they're not going to get. So they basically said, okay, we get him. And they said, you know, Kwame's camp said, yeah, like you need to start recruiting him. And they started recruiting him. And uh, they brought him in on an official visit and it was reciprocated. And it is a very real recruitment to the point where Arizona probably leads right now. Well, and that's the thing. You get a lot of people now that are saying that Arizona probably leads in this recruitment. And I always think back to Sean Miller when that first, now listen, Sean Miller is one of the handful of best recruiters out there. There's, there's just no doubt about that. The one class though, that really, I think put a lot of people on notice is to the prowess that this man had was not necessarily the Josiah Turner, Nick Johnson class, but the class right after that, where you're able to secure three top 10 big men and Caleb Tarzuski, Grant Jarrett and Brandon Ashley. And you're like, Whoa, this is something different. This 2023 class right here, Jason, I'm not saying that it might, it's going to be quite that, but there's potential here to be the best class in the country. Yeah, I mean, look, let's say, you know, they, they land Evans, which I, I think they will. Then you got Boswell and Lewis. So you're going to have three top 15 guys. And then from there, you assume that the fourth guy they add, if they add a fourth guy, will be good as well. Um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they go the international route for the last guy. But it, it's one of the, the best classes in the country. And it also sends the message. Like Tommy Lloyd, by his own admission, has recruited mostly international guys. And then this would be a class where – you know, he lands three, you know, top 15 American players. And so that right. whole, he can only recruit international theory or narrative. It's done already. And, and so this would be that class where Tommy Lloyd kind of announces, hey, we're, we're going to be a recruiting force, you know, out there. Is there a timeline for Kwame Evans to make that decision? I think it's coming up in the next month or so. I think the goal is by the end of the summer, it's not imminent. Like it's not going to happen this weekend. At least I don't think. But right. um, the goal that his camp is floating around is probably by the end of the summer. Now, you always uh, you always talk about with uh, with guys like this, because for the longest time he was considered an Oregon, not a lock, but a heavy Oregon lean. And you always say this on your boards that if you if a guy goes in and he's a heavy favor to go somewhere and he leaves campus without making that commitment, then it's game on for everybody else. And Arizona's got to feel pretty good about that right now. And the thing about it, if you watch him, this is what a top five type player looks like. Again, he's not a finished product. He's, he's somewhat raw. But if you were to tell either one of us that he's an NBA all-star in seven or eight years, I don't think anybody is in the least bit surprised. Yeah, I mean, there's still some rawness to his game. But when it's clicking, you get like what you got today. Today, he, he went up against, you know, some of the best players in the country at the NBA camp. And uh, our Eric Bossy wrote about him and said he was great. And, you know, that's the type of kid that you get. And maybe there are some days where he floats a bit too much or you see that he's still not refined. But in college, that's kind of the player that you want. Like you right. want to be able to work with that and mold that type of player. But, yeah, I mean, this is a guy where 
He's going to probably play in the NBA. You'd assume he's going to play in the NBA. Maybe he's not a clear one and done um, in this day and age, you know, with guys leave it early, he probably is. But you look at him, you say, man, if I can get two years out of him, we're going to have one of the best players in the country. And, and, and there's something to work at with, you know, he's not physically maxed out. He can play a few positions. He's gotten better. And so he's the type of guy where if you're recruiting in college, um, you don't necessarily always want a, a finished product. Yeah. What's, what's fascinating too about him and the whole recruitment of foreign or uh, international players is people keep, people make it out like Tommy Lloyd is can only recruit international guys. No, Tommy Lloyd recruits good international players. That's what he should be doing right there. You can look at his track record at Gonzaga. And when you're a program like Gonzaga and they make you the head coach in waiting, you obviously are doing a lot of things behind the scenes. Now I think he's going to be off, uh, you know, in different camps in, uh, you know, in Europe this summer or overseas, but if he's bringing in European guys, they're not bums. These are guys that can all play. And I think we should know that by now. I actually, I'm, I'm now of the mindset where if there's an international prospect I haven't heard of, and then I hear another school's recruiting them and Arizona's not in on them at all. I right. just assume the guy's not that good <laughs> because no, exactly. If there's, if there's a good international product, Arizona's going to be in there and right. he's going to play in college. And there's going to be some guys like, like Philip or, you know, board of each and in who, you know, we didn't hear. Is that how it's pronounced? It is. Okay. Philly B. Okay. Philly B. But, um, you know, a lot of schools weren't on, on him, but if you ask the Arizona coaching staff, you were there last weekend or whatever it was when Tommy Lloyd was talking, they expected to play right away as a right. freshman. Right. And for Tommy Lloyd to go and say that and tell the media that it's real. And so they didn't just go over there and, and recruit a player for the heck of it. This kid, you know, according to the coaching staff, is going to be a very good player. Now, the the next name, obviously, that came out of last week or the week before was uh, Cody Williams. Uh, just brief reminder, uh, his brother Jalen Williams played at Santa Clara and was now an NBA mid-first round draft pick. Cody Williams, top 50 type guy, saw en- I, Lloyd obviously saw enough that they were recruiting him now. How much of this was fi- how much of this was due diligence making sure that it was a good fit and quite frankly that he was good enough? A lot of it, uh, I think. I, I think that you know the thing with Cody Williams is twofold. He's a he's a different player in high school. He was playing next to Dylan Anderson. He still played like he was really young. And then what right. happened was he got on the EYBL circuit. And he was dominant, really good. And then he had a good Section 7 event. And so Arizona said, okay, we need to offer this kid really good family, in-state player, would fit, knows that development is key from his brother at Santa Clara, who spent multiple years at Santa Clara developing. So he's not going to get impatient. Him and Dylan Anderson get along. And so it's a guy where it's it's fit as much as skill. Like, you know, he's Mm -hmm. not going to be an instant impact player, at least in my opinion. He's not going to be an instant impact you know, scoring 15 points right away. But he's going to be uh, a guy that by his, you know, third year in college is going to be really, really good. All right. You mentioned Dylan Anderson. Dylan Anderson's going to be a fun one for you and me. And again, I overstated. You think Dylan Anderson is a talented guy and he could be good. But I'm. A, it's fair to say I'm a little bit bigger on Dylan Anderson probably than you are. But we both came away, though, thinking that Tommy Lloyd is quietly confident that he's going to turn Dylan Anderson into a pretty good college basketball player. I think Tommy Lloyd is very confident in his coaching abilities. And and so, you know, when he sees Dylan Anderson, he sees a guy that came in at 240, has the size, you know, isn't completely stiff. He plays hard. And so, look, 
Is he going to be an all Pac-12 guy? You know, I don't know. Is he going to contribute his freshman season? Probably not. But you look at Tommy and you kind of hear what he's saying. And he's saying, look, if we're patient and he's patient, most importantly, if he stays with it at Arizona, then by the time he's done, he's going to be a pretty good player. Yeah. And so let's move on then to the 2020, uh, excuse me, the 2024 class. So those are basically the four names. Right now, you've already got KJ Lewis committed. Um, You've already got Kylan Boswell. You've already got, or now Kwame Evans Jr. and uh, Cody Williams are the other two. So let's move on to 23-24. And you and I were sitting there with the great Bruce Pascoe, by the way, and um, we were debating, and then I guess maybe this is when game recognizes game, because we were debating who do you like more at that point guard position, Don Thomas out of Las Vegas or Zoom Diallo? You're a little bit more, we both like them both. You're a little bit more in the Thomas camp. I'm a little bit more in the Diallo camp. Maybe Tommy Lloyd heard us bickering and said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to offer them both. Yeah, I mean, you, you Arizona has been picky, and rightfully so, and they're still going to be picky. But when you have two point guards that are clearly two of the best point guards in the country, and you could probably land one of them, uh, you offer both, and then you see what happens. It would still be a surprise if you land both of them just because, you know, you have Boswell on the roster, you have two point guards. It's just not likely. Uh, but with that case, you know, you're happy. If you get Thomas, you're happy. If you get Zoom, you're happy. And, you know, you get one of them, and, and that's just fine. All right, Kenny Abbey, real quick, so because i got to get back to more important stuff, but Kenny Abbey is one of the coolest. Nobody backs the A more than Kenny Abbey. Some people might back it as much. Nobody backs it more. Mike, please ask Jason what he knows about the new basketball uniforms and when they'll be unveiled. Thanks. Jason, do you know anything about this? I asked. I actually asked about them, and the response I get was, there's other things we're focusing on right now. That is coach or program speak for, yes, we're getting new uniforms. No, we're not telling you what they look like. Okay, so Kenny, I tried there, buddy. That's uh, that's all I can do for you. Um, All right, so back to Diallo and uh, to Don Thomas. Now, tell me if you disagree here, but what I came away thinking was this, is that if you prefer Thomas, you're looking at him more as he can probably be a three-year player at the college level. Whereas Diallo looks like the guy that, his upside, I think, is probably higher than Thomas to where it he looks more like a Kentucky type point guard physically in the way he plays. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think, you know, Thomas, he's, he's smaller. Uh, he's got long arms and he's uh, he's athletic. But when you're a smaller point guard, you're not going to the NBA early, generally right. speaking. So you're looking right. at a three, four year point guard. You add stability to that position. He's going to be really good. Zoom Diallo is six, four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's got long right. arms. He defends really well. He's getting better every time you see him to the point where, you know, if he keeps getting better at the rate he is, he may be one and done. Um, if not, he's probably two and done. And, and right. so you're making the decision and saying, okay, do I look at upside? Um, do I look at the fact that Thomas is going to be really good after four years? And, you know, if we get Zoom, we're going to need another point guard in there somewhere. Uh, they're both really good. I think Zoom, obviously, like you said, is more physically imposing. Uh, I think Thomas, you know, still plays with energy. I don't think it's, his height is a major problem because of the way he plays. Zoom's probably a better shooter. Thomas is probably a little more crafty. I mean, they're both they're both really good. And what's interesting is they have such differing games that if Arizona could pull it off, they could easily play together. All right. So 
our guy, my guy, Bruce Pascoe gets uh, gets grief from time to time. You will not find just like nobody's going to back Dave Hickey more than me. Nobody's going to back Bruce Pascoe more than me either. But I got to give Bruce some real credit here. You and I were going in there to watch to Don Thomas. Bruce doesn't follow recruiting like we do. Bruce walks right into there. He sits down and he says, oh, that's got to be Don Thomas right there. I covered his dad at UNLV. Didn't look at a roster. Didn't look. That was, I, I think both of us kind of looked like, whoa, that was that was pretty impressive there, Bruce. And didn't his dad like decommit from Arizona too or something? That's what he said. I, I, I can't find anybody that remembers that, but I totally believe the kid. I don't have any reason to, yeah. you know. But I mean that so that would be kind of cool right there. How many people do you think that they're going to try to take in the uh, uh, twenty twenty three or excuse me the twenty twenty four class? It's so difficult because you don't know who's leaving early. Like we don't know Zoo. We don't know if Kirk Kreese is going to go overseas after this year. It's tough. You know, I always assume that their goal is to take. Uh, I think they'll be fine at the wing spot. So my guess is they'll they'll go point guard and then kind of big heavy in that class, probably three or four. But it's so mm-hmm. difficult to, to, you know, to figure out. It, a lot of that depends. You know, like we thought the class would be over by now and then Dalen stayed in the draft and this happens. And, you know, it, it's difficult to see, say, but I, I, I would say three or four probably. I think what also people need to understand too about that class is so you got the two point guards, you got Carter Bryant, who I think it's fair to say is Arizona's number one priority in that entire class, small forward out of uh, California. We'll get to him in just a second. But I've had a few people saying, how come we're not big on, uh, or how come we don't have any bigs in this class? Here's something that you got to remember. First, you can always get in there. You can get a transfer portal guy. But theoretically, and it's not out of the realm of possibility at all, Jason, that you could have Visar, um, you could have uh, Umar Ballo, Dylan Anderson, and who knows what Azulis Tabellis is going to do. So you have probably at least three big men coming back because I believe Visar is a two-year player. I don't believe he's a one-year player. And you could have four guys right there. So I think that if you're Tommy Lloyd, you're feeling pretty comfortable about where your front court situation is. And if somebody leaves unexpectedly, then you reverse course and you deal it from there. Yeah, and you also got to keep in mind, like you went to Section 7. How many bigs did we see that you said, oh, man, that's Arizona good? Right. Jacob Coffey. I discovered him. Yeah, and I don't think he is yet, right? No, I agree. Right, and and so bigs are probably the position that you look at where there's just the, the least amount of quality bigs. And if you're Tommy Lloyd and you can go to Europe and get a guy like, you know, Henry Vesar and and not have to worry about certain things in America – uh, you know, I, I think that the most likely position where Tommy Lloyd is going to continuously go overseas is probably with big men because right. there's just not a lot that are there. And a lot of times they need to be developed in the years away or like they're good at one thing and not as good as another. And, and so, um, you know, you mentioned that. And then, yeah, like they're returning big men. Like if Dylan Anderson, you know, keeps going, if Umar has a couple of years left, Vesar, you know, there's they're going to be fine at that position. But I wouldn't be surprised if they went out and got an international big. No, I don't know who it is, message board. But um, that's probably the one position where I I would completely understand if they just kept going international because it is very difficult to evaluate and find enough bigs in in high school these days. Jason, have I told you about the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX? Once or twice, I think. All right. So here's the deal. You put in five bucks on these UFC 276 fights, and if you're a new customer, you get $100 in free plays. I'm not a UFC guy. You're a UFC guy. Is there anybody you like in this fight, these fights? Um, You know, I, I never I never bet against Adesanya. All right. Adesanya sounds like an Italian dish. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, go all right. Go with that. 
Um, but again, new customers only, 21 and up, Arizona only. If you got a gambling problem, call 1 800 Next Step. They'll get you taken care of. But you, so you like Anna Sonye in UFC 276. Izzy. You know who he is. Izzy. I just went last name. Izzy. I like okay. Max, I like Max Holloway too. All right. Well, Jason Shear has spoken. Make it happen right there. The DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. All right. So big topic on your board as well. And by the way, where can they go? If you're not already a member on Wildcat Authority, you should be. Why? Where Where can they go? What do you got going on right now? Uh, well, actually, starting tomorrow, we have a deal two months for a buck. So I would wait till tomorrow and then $1. You could spare it. Wildcat Authority. Dot com. Follow me on Twitter at Jason Shear, but we're going to have a deal for a few days starting tomorrow. So make sure you sign up. That's when you know a man is in, of integrity when they say, listen, I don't want you to sign up today. I want you to sign up tomorrow. So therefore you can get a better deal out of it. That's <laughs> awesome. Okay. So let's handicap the Pac-12 race now. That's a big thing, obviously, on your boards as well right now, besides who the New York Knicks are going to overpay next. But <laughs> Right now, I w- I'll be honest with you. I was a little bit surprised, and you could do this on the DraftKings Sportsbook app as well, but I was a little bit surprised that UCLA or that Arizona was the slight favorite. But that also shows, too, that I think Vegas has a very strong confidence in Tommy Lloyd. And because I think the talent, and again, uh, Defoe, Michael Defoe, is going to disagree with me on this, one of the board members on Shears board. But I think UCLA's talent, is about the same, and I think that they probably have the better, the best player out of it. So I was a little surprised by that, but I think that's a real indication on what people think of Tommy Lloyd. Yeah, I think there's a, a few concerns with UCLA, and I don't, I don't disagree with you, but I think the biggest concern is clearly the big men, right? right. Like if uh, if Adembona comes in and he's not very good, who's rebounding the basketball? And, and some of their better lineups are going to be really small, whereas Arizona can once again go with those super big lineups if they need to. And, and that's going to be major trouble for opposing teams. Like right. there's a legit, you know, even though they lost Dalen and Ben, um, you know, the, in Coloco, they still have big guys, you know, coming off the bench, coming in, et cetera. And, and, you know, Arizona's additions were veteran additions. Like there's more known about Courtney Ramey and Cedric Henderson than there maybe is about a guy like Amari Bailey. Now Bailey's really good. And I think he's going to be really good, but we don't necessarily know that yet. Like we right. have to, it. And so I think that's the concern with UCLA. I'd probably say they're the betting favorite. And, and if I was betting, I would bet on UCLA to win the conference. But I really, there's not a big gap between Arizona and UCLA. I do agree that they have the best player in the conference. But, you know, again, like he's he's not even cleared from his ankle surgery. We don't know what that's, you know, right. what's going to happen with that. And so, um, you know, I would probably pick UCLA, but it's it's a narrow margin. What do we think about Oregon? Now, obviously, last year was a big disappointment for Oregon. You're returning most everyone. I think you've got more defined roles now. Will Richardson's going to be off the ball the whole time. You're bringing in maybe the best big man in the country in Kel-El Ware, top five kid. Um, But they, they looked so disjointed last year. There were times they smack UCLA, they play Arizona down to the wire, and then they get smoked by Stanford and uh, Arizona State. I have no clue what to expect from them. If you were to tell me they were going to win the conference, cool. If you were to tell me that they were going to finish third or fourth, cool as well. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the biggest concern for me is, you know, can Bartholomew play 30 minutes a game? Right. Uh, Will Richardson is a guy where we both thought would be much better than he was the last season. Uh, basically, you know, disappeared towards the end of the season. Uh, I'm actually surprised he came back. Based on I, I am too. 
his season ended. Uh, Ware's really good. If he's as good as advertised at the college level, that's an immediate improvement. But like you said, they're just hard to figure out. Like, which Oregon team? Is it the Oregon team that got hot and smacked some of the best teams in the conference? Or is it the Oregon team that looked, you know, just awful during the season? And and that's usually Dana Allman gets better as the season goes along. And that, that just didn't happen last year. Are we at the point with your guy, Andy Enfield, where we know exactly generally what USC is going to be? They're going to get into the tournament. They're never going to really be a factor in the tournament because he's not a very good coach, but they're always going to kind of hover around that 25 to 35 national ranking somewhere in there. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I'm really curious now that Mobley's gone, you know, where, where's, where are the points coming from? I think they relied on him a lot. Um, I'm just not, you know, I'm not a big Andy Enfield guy. Oh, but you're not? To me, their ceiling's cap. Like, exactly. You know what they're you're going to get. Maybe they challenge to the top 25. Usually they're hanging out of it. You know, and the the when they face the better teams, they struggle, and then they beat up on the bottom of the conference and and get in the tournament and lose early. That's that's kind of what they do. Isn't this kind of the equivalent of Arizona football? If you could consistently just have, knowing every single year you would have seven to eight wins, I would love that. But if I was Arizona football, I would love it. Isn't that kind of the isn't that kind of the template though at USC with Andy Enfield, dude? You're never going to make us look terrible out there. We're going to be competitive. We won't go far. But I think Andy Enfield's got probably outside of Tommy Lloyd and Dana Altman probably the best job security in the conference. Oh yeah, that's why they gave him the big extension and, and kept him from going to Maryland because mm-hmm. if you're USC, football's the bread and butter, and if basketball you can make a run every few years and there's not going to be any issues or anything like that, you keep Enfield. Why why wouldn't you? Let's talk about now, let's move over to Pac-12 football, and we're going to talk a little bit of Arizona women's basketball, and then we'll sign off. Jason is a father. He's got kids, so I don't want to take up too much of his time. I'm not a father. I don't have kids, so I have all the time in the world. Um, So I think Arizona, Arizona's going to be pegged to probably finish sixth in the South. I think Arizona has a legitimate chance of finishing third best case scenario, but I like him to finish fourth worst case scenario. Am I being stupid? So we had to record a video, everyone on 24 seven, and you had to go through the schedule and make way too early predictions. Mm-hmm. And I did it and I sent it in. And I turned to Shelby. I go, I have no idea what I just did. I picked Arizona to win five games. Now that's, that's the right. Yes. <laughs> that's probably the high, the low to me, it could be as low as two, but it's like, to me, I look and I'm like, okay, let's North Dakota state's really good. They have it at home. Let's give them a win. Cal's right. not so good. Let's give them a win. Colorado, Washington State, ASU. That's how I got to five. Now, I could be wrong. They lose to North Dakota State. They lose at Cal. You know, so the, the bottom is two wins. Right. Uh, it, so five wouldn't shock me. It really wouldn't. Like, it is It is very possible if they beat the teams that, you know, they should be better than. Uh, mm-hmm. Do I think they'll probably win five games? No. But, you know, if they won three or four, like you know, that's that should be fine. But, yeah, like, they could surprise – a bowl's not happening. That would that would surprise me. But five five wins. I mean, it's it's not insane. If Arizona if if Arizona goes to a bowl this year, Jed Fish is a little, like Ohio State. Then the following year, that would be an incredible coaching performance. I told uh, I was talking a little football with Tommy Lloyd, and I said, look, <laughs> I said I said look, I go if he's like, can they make a bowl? I said if they make a bowl, they should knock down the button salmon statue. <laughs> And just make it a Jed Fish statue. And just put a big picture of a fish. Yeah, just a giant picture of a fish outside. (laughs) I mean, it would be an absolutely 
remarkable coaching job if he brings but his team to the bowl game. Here's why I like Arizona more. First of all, I think ASU is going to be terrible this year. I know they have an easy out-of-conference schedule, but I think, by the way, that's when you know somebody's a real G when they still have on the uh, the marker on the bottom of the cup or the uh, price tag. <laughs> I, do the same. I do the same thing. Um, but I think ASU is in prime position to actually quit this year at some point when things start going bad because – Herm at some point is not going to be there. I mean, th that's fair to say. I don't know when that's going to be, but Herm's not going to be there. They've hemorrhaged almost all of their best players. Now, they still do have some talented guys. Their backfield is pretty good. Um, but when things when they get to midseason and they start losing games and they know that the players might not be back, Herm might not be back, that feels like something where they could quit. Yeah, I mean, we've seen it at Arizona. Like, we're used to it. Like, yeah. you start losing, you snowball. And right. when you're losing and you know your coach is on the way out, you're done. Like, you right. just want to find out who the new coach is. And by that time, by the time that Arizona faces ASU, who knows what ASU is going to look like. Like, if they've lost and they're not headed to a bowl, that team could absolutely have quit by then. And Arizona would be the opposite, no matter how it goes, because every win when you're in Arizona is kind of important. You know, Fish is going to be there. So, to me, ASU is that team in the conference where if they lose a couple games early – like they're done. They're they're going to be really really bad. How many? If Arizona had Jaden Delora last year, how many wins does Arizona have? Three to four, probably. You know the the red zone was really bad. There's a lot of one score games, and you got to assume, you know, they're they would have been able to, to kind of close out some of the one score games. NAU they probably win <laughs> for you know, sure. So yeah, probably three or four. Well, and that's the difference, too, is you and I had a running, and this was really the battle of – this was really kind of the race to the bottom all last year. You were a Gunner Cruz guy. I was a Will Plummer guy. I did end up winning that one, though. You did come around. I would say, and though, I would say that by the NAU game, we were a, a neither quarterback guy. <laughs> for sure. And when, when Jordan – I'll, I'll, I'll tell this to people for the rest of my life. When Jordan McLeod came in and against Oregon or – that was his first real time to watch. And he throws five picks and we're like, oh my gosh, we've got a quarterback here. That's when you knew something was up. The conversation after that game was great because I was like, how bad is Arizona football that a quarterback just threw five picks and everyone's like, yeah, he's that dude. <laughs> like, he is the starter from here on out. Okay, by the way, Sheer, every now and then I like to claim a, I like to claim a credit for one of your uh, subscribers. John Aldrich. Great show, guys. Tremendous content. A true life raft for U of A fans during the summer with no games. Tell Sheer you guys sold me a Wildcat membership today. You'll get Andre Veras, meet now. John Aldrich right there. You'll get your commission soon. Yes. But uh, so, and then, all right. But, and now with the South, USC is coming. I hate to say this, but I mean, well, I don't really hate to say it, but they're coming. I mean, Lincoln Riley is the first real coach they've had. I think Sarkeesian sucks. Uh, Lane Kiffin is much better now, but he was he basically had the maturity of me at that point when he was there. So uh, USC, I think, is going to have this conference on lock now, if not this year, by next year, because he's going to get everybody. And you see the caliber of guys he's already bringing in. You brought in the best wide receiver in the nation. You're bringing in a five-star kid out of Oklahoma. You got Caleb Jones. If USC is probably going to be in that BCS bowl game or uh, or probably in the next two to three years, I would say. Yeah, they're here to stay. I mean, just their offense is insane. Lincoln Riley will go out and improve the lines in the offseason. They'll return a bunch of the younger guys on offense. They're here. They're back. I mean, I'd be really surprised if they're not a, you know, a 10-win team every year and then they challenge for a national title every couple of years. They're just – they're going to be built, you know, like that. It's 
and it's actually good in a way that they're getting rid of divisions in the Pac-12 because you yes. would have the South every year. Um, so, but yeah, yeah, I mean, and, and I think Utah will win the Pac-12 this year, but it wouldn't surprise me if USC just makes the jump right away and wins it. All right. So before we sign off here, I got to ask a couple recruiting questions that people on here have asked. But first, again, the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. You put in five bucks, you get $100 in free plays on these UFC 276 fights if you're a new customer. Jason, you have the floor. Who do you like in the fights this weekend? Uh, I'm going Max Holloway and, uh, and Izzy. I always, those, you know. Those I, are your guys? Yeah. I don't know who's favorite, but I just go by who I like. But you know what? If you don't know who's favored, you know where you would go to find who's favored. Right. Well, that's what I'm going to do after this now because you got me talking about USC. And what code word are you going to go? Well, you're you're not a new customer, so but it would still. All right. So, again, that's what you got. This actually betting is interesting because it actually got me into hockey a little bit. Um, I want. Oh, now this will probably lose a couple listeners right here, and I do apologize. But I'll rock with hockey over soccer every day. That's what I will give the hockey fan. That's acceptable. I like both. Playoff hockey is unreal. It's just right. a whole different animal. For sure. So, again, all right. Before we sign off here, Leviticus Sua. Uh, Kenny Abbey asked, what's the deal with him? Four-star linebacker out of modern-day uh, high school in California. Uh, 2023 kid. Where do they stand with him? I think Arizona's right there with anyone. I mean, he's going to take his time and, and not make a decision like, you know, it's not an any-day type of deal, but – his visit to Arizona was really, really good. He may wait and see if Arizona, you know, how they look. But I would say that there's no school doing better than than Arizona right now. All right, guys. As always, Jason, I can't thank you enough. Uh, John Aldrich, Andres, or Andre, uh, excuse me, uh, Andre Veris, Kenny Abbey, Alfred Chavez. I'm going to hold on. I'm going to give the whole roll call. Joseph Davis, uh, Max Malley. Uh, let's see here. Keep going, going all the way up. Joseph Schillinger, Sean Seeley, everybody that put it in here. Really appreciate you guys. Big dog, as always, I'll talk to you soon, probably within the next hour. But again, yeah, you're appreciated. And uh, we will talk to everybody soon, Jason. Again, thanks again. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, man. All right. You're listen- you've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. Have a great day. 